0: came in this morning. Uh, well, let's get this over with right away. You're having lunch later, everybody's welcome. It's all free, no matter what he said, it's all free. So get this over now, let's do this right now because you can't do it after lunch, so let's do it now. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you look good since you lost weight. Go ahead, go ahead, come on. You look good since you <laughs> lost weight, go ahead. I, I, don't, I don't know what's for lunch later. But. When we walked in this morning, I saw that screen. That's the exact same screen they had in Nigeria and Ghana, uh, Africa last summer when I was there, training some pastors. And they had my t- they introduced me that night, and up on the screen, this is what it said: Reverend Bill Kirk, the ASS <laughs> Superintendent from New York. They forgot to put the T on, so I'm so I'm really made me a little paranoid and nervous coming in here this morning. So. Thank you for your uh, expertise, whoever runs the, runs the, uh, runs that. I love Grace Assembly. 37 years ago, this church took a risk right out of Bible school, preached my first message right here, became the youth pastor here, went into the baptismal tank, one of the very first services, very large person on a Sunday night in front of a full house, panicked when they went underwater, tackled me, pulled me completely under. Took me a while to get over that, but I am so grateful. Love your pastor. He's, uh, he's been a great, great blessing. A liberal church says you are welcome here and do not have to change your life. A legalistic church says you are not welcome here until you change your life. A life-giving, healthy church says you are welcome here and Jesus will change your life. How many of you thank God you're a part of a healthy church? Yeah. Go ahead, thank God. I would. I I go I go to healthy church and I go to unhealthy church. I I I love healthy church. Jesus died to build a healthy church. I'm wondering, have you ever asked God why? Why do drugstores make the sick walk all the way to the back of the store to get their prescriptions? while healthy people can buy cigarettes up front? Why do people order double cheeseburgers, large fries, apple pies, and Diet Cokes? Why do local banks leave their vault doors open and then chain the writing pens to the counter? You ever notice that? And the bank I go to uses Scotch tape. They Scotch tape that and then it's they won't steal it. Are you kidding me? I'm going to steal that. Why does the sun lighten our hair but darken our skin? Why don't you ever see the headline, Psychic Wins Lottery? Why is abbreviated such a long word? Why is it that doctors and attorneys call what they do practice? Why is lemon juice made with artificial flavoring and yet dishwashing liquid is made with real lemons? I don't get that. Why is the man who invests all your money called a broker? I don't get that. I don't get that. Why is the time of day with the slowest traffic called rush hour? Why didn't Noah swat and kill those two mosquitoes on the ark? And why a missions convention and a faith promise Sunday at Grace Assembly? I'll tell you why. Because the gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. Penn Gillette is an atheist. You can watch him on television. He said to the Christian world, How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? The Assemblies of God is working in 345 unreached people groups today. Right now, there are AG missionaries in 249 countries, territories, and provinces. There are 2,756 full-time world missionaries, 10,754 short-term missionaries. There are 13,000 Assembly of God churches in America, 354,000 overseas. And here's some really good news today if you've been watching all the bad news and tough news on TV. Get this. Every 95 minutes, a new church is being planted around the world through our missionaries. Every 95 minutes. Every 75 minutes, a new minister is saying yes to the call of God, And every 37 seconds, a new believer is being added to the church for the glory of God. Hello? For the glory of God. And today is not about money. Money is our moral. It's neither good nor bad. It's how we use it. And I want, I want to share a text that God gives us wisdom. We've all seen the, the shucksters and the heisters, uh, the, 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 the manipulators, but you don't have to worry about that, because eh? we don't want your money. God just wants to use what he puts in your hand. How many of you know the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein? All money is tainted. Taint yours, taint mine. It's all tainted. <laughs> Hello? Hello? You don't own anything. I don't own anything. I won't own anything that I cannot share. I don't own anything. I don't want anything. It's all on loan. And there's an incredible wisdom text that God gives us to help us to participate uh, with the missionaries that you support. Last year, I believe, over $70,000. It's wisdom from God. And whether you've been a Grace Assembly for one week or two, I met somebody in the foyer. I went back to the door. There was nobody there. So I pretended to be a greeter. Just, and then some lady came over and took the bulletins and pushed me out of a job. I tell you, that's was awesome. Been, and it was their first time here. Whether it's your first week, your second week, your, your, it really just doesn't matter. This includes everybody. This word is for everybody. And I know all of your first names. Your name is you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, God has a word for you and me. Here it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Listen to this. Now I want to tell you, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done for the churches in Macedonia. Though they have been going through much trouble and hard times, their wonderful joy and deep poverty have overflowed in rich generosity. Would you say the word Generosity. Doesn't that sound better than stingy? I just love that word, generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. Would you say those two words, far more? And they did it of their own free will. Would you say free will? Free will. They begged us again and again for this gracious privilege of sharing in the gift for the Christians in Jerusalem. Best of all, they went beyond our highest hopes. For their first action was to dedicate themselves or give their hearts first to the Lord and to us for whatever direction God might give them. All through the scriptures you will see a spirit of generosity. During building programs, people sacrificed. During an offering, a woman gave her last two coins. During a lunch meal, a boy gave bread and fish away. During church growth, people sold land and brought money in for ministry purposes. During Passover week, Mary broke her alabaster box, one year's wage. You say, what's this have to do with me today? Here's what it has to do with you. In the context here that we read, Paul is writing to Corinthian believers. The Corinthians had promised a love offering to help the saints in Jerusalem. A year had gone by, and Paul now wants to remind them of a commitment. He wants to strengthen the churches as the Gentiles give to the Jewish congregations across the sea. So Paul uses the Macedonian churches as an example to teach us how to give biblically to missions. Now I understand there's how many books in the Bible? There's 66 books in the Bible. There are 1,189 chapters in the Bible. There are 31,173 scriptures in the Bible. There are 773,000 words in the B-I-B-L-E, the book of God. Written by just over 40 different people in three different languages, in three different, on three different continents, over a 1,500-year period without contradiction. There's one word that's not found written in the Bible, and that's the word oops. How many of you know, my grandmother used to quote Psalm 1830 all the time. As for God, his way is perfect. His word is perfect, and His word is always timely. So I want you to take your bulletin, and, and I want to give you a, a. I want you to write down five simple words over the next three hours. <laughs> Only kidding! I smell lunch; it's coming. I just want you to write down five simple five words that are wisdom that that God gives us wisdom. And if you don't have a reach in your, if you don't have a pen, reach in your neighbor's purse and take out twenty dollars for lunch or something. And uh, and just I want you to write down five words that that God has used to help me, to trust God, to keep a checkbook with me, to carry, especially in New York City. I can will tell you if you can keep a secret. When I'm in New York City, I was just in the Bronx, Brooklyn, Staten Island. Surely I was safe. <laughs> uh, I was some places I go, and you know I'm just you know I always. I, Keep, I keep a $100 bill hidden in my sock. Don't ask me for that today, okay? So, just think I figure if I get mugged, I've been held up twice. So if I get mugged and they take my, at least $100 will always get me from Yellow Cab back to JFK and I'll always make it home. Here's wisdom. Look at this. Giving always begins in the heart. Would you say the word heart? Heart. How do we know the mission's giving is a heart issue? In verse 1, the grace of God, the Bible says, was motivating believers. And in verse 2, the giving believers were in deep poverty or destitution. Some had lost their jobs. Some were banned from the trade guilds for not bowing down to idols. These believers were giving in spite of their trials, poverty, afflictions. In fact, the Bible says beyond their ability means they refused to allow their circumstance to give them an excuse. They were so eager to give, the scripture says in verse 4, they uh, praying with us much entreaty. They begged Paul, get this, to receive their offering. There was no pressure, there'll be none today. There was no pleading, none today. Only in eagerness, get this, and eagerness because God's grace was at work in their heart. In other words, The mission of God was the most important thing upon their heart. They were surrendered. They used the occasion of the offering, the Bible says, to do first things first, as Pastor Doug has already addressed. How many of you know giving God your money without giving God your heart is not going to work? It's God's way to reach your city. It's God's way to keep expanding. It's God's way to to enlarge your mission's tent. I surrender, and I ask God to remove the idols and the lesser gods. We call them lesser gods. Thomas Oden said, an idol becomes an idol when without it we cannot receive life joyfully. Did you hear that? An idol becomes an idol when without it you cannot receive life joyfully. Paul David Tripp said it this way. If there's something you think you cannot live without, it has become an idol and a God to you. C.S. Lewis said it this way. Put first things first, you get second things thrown in. But if you put second things first, you lose both first and second things. Paul said it this way. Romans chapter 1, verse 25. For people exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator himself. This is America. Martin Luther said it this way. Whatever your heart clings to and confides in is really your God. God. In other words, whatever we treasure or trust in more than Jesus is a God to us. Why is it so dangerous? Because only Jesus. How many of you know only the gospel and only Jesus can do two things? Satisfy and transform the human heart. How many of you know that? Let's try that again. Only Jesus can satisfy and and transform the human heart. How many of you God has done that for? How many of you are grateful you say, "Oh, how does this relate to me at Grace Assembly today? Well, here's how it relates. After we have the great lunch today, you stop at the uh, store on your way home. You get it, you're in the checkout check out line, and you walk up to the cash register today. And if you look to the left or to the right, you'll see a magazine rack. And on the front of the magazines, this is the kind of headline you will see on the front of the magazine. The ten most beautiful people in America. The ten richest people in America. The ten most successful people in America. The ten smartest people in America. For your pastor and I would be the two greatest deer hunters in America. (laughs) And without the gospel, it can make you feel cheated, inferior, undervalued. Well, how does this translate into my life in high school, middle school, any school, retirement school, whatever school you're in? If appearance is your God, you will starve yourself to death. If success is your God, you will work yourself to death. If control is your God, you will worry yourself to death. And worry is accepting responsibility God never intended for you to carry. If approval is your God, you'll compromise yourself to death. If impressing people is your God, you will talk yourself to death. If money is your God, you will hoard yourself to death. You'll be a taker instead of a giver. If health is your God, you'll exercise yourself to death. You know what my son bought me for this this past Christmas? He came home one night, and he throws this thing on the, on the kitchen counter. He said, Dad, you need to get out of the house. you hang out too much. You're, you're, you stay home too much. Hey, it's my house. <laughs> he said, Dad, I got your present. I got your membership to the gym in Cicero, family, family gym. I don't like the gym. I don't do gym. He said, You need to get it. He bought, he bought me a basketball, a pump. Got, I got his old sweatsuit and went to the gym. It was awesome. I got on the treadmill, was doing about one mile an hour. It was awesome. Guys coming in next to me. And then the chicks were coming in, you know. And then the guys were pumping iron. I dro- oh, noticed how they dropped the weights and started looking at the chicks. Oh, the chicks were always. Go- oh, and then I noticed on the, at the gym there were mirrors on the wall. And guys were walking in front of the mirror, going. No, I'm not against that. If you're into that, I'm just. I'm just saying it can be. It, it can be. I, I, somebody asked me, "Do you do sit-ups? I don't do sit-ups. I do sit-downs. <laughs> Sit down, lay down, Dunkin' Donuts chow down. I do downs. Sit up." Gravity is a law. Sit-ups <laughs> defy gravity. I don't break the law. I lasted, I think, I think I went four times. The fourth night, it was so bad. The person was smelling so bad next to me. All the treadmills were taken. I was st- I'd do the treadmill. It was horrible. I, 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 I was about 30 minutes. I packed everything in my bag. Zipped it up. I went out and got some chocolate and vanilla ice cream. Never went back. Thank you, Jesus, for deliverance. Can be a god to you. If winning every contest is your god, you will compete yourself to death. If stuff is your god, you'll collect yourself to death. I, I used to. I was a born again, spirit filled, praying in other tongues, pastoring a church, and Cooper said, "I and I and I started buying baseball cards, and I was possessed." I went from garage sale to garage sale. Yard sale to yard sale. Laura said I want to go to the mall. I said I would, if, as long as we stopped at every yard sale between here and Utica, Cooperstown and Utica. Four hours later, it was horrible. Got 5,000 cards. I said, if I just get 10,000 cards, I'll be happy. Got 10,000, one at 15. Got all the sets, Donruss, Fleer, all the rookies going back to my childhood, Brooks Robinson, Frank Robinson, it was, it was horrible. It was horrible. Got 20,000, I had to have 25,000. Got twenty-five thousand. I needed thirty thousand. Got thirty thousand cards. Got uh, I needed thirty-five thousand. It was just. It was just. I was just. I was just. I started collecting. I thought, What am I? What am I doing? Been reading the Bible through ten chapters a day for years, and, and uh, tr- memorizing scriptures. Now I'm learning batting averages, Hall of Fame numbers. Who? 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 Who, who really cares? Would that really matter when I'm gone? <laughs> Will it really matter? And uh, one day, Laura said something like, uh, why don't you make an offer to God? Like, we're going to build a new church, and, and why, don't you offer, why don't you tell this to God? God, if you'll send me a buyer, I'll sell all the cards, get them all out of the house. She had an ulterior motive. <laughs> and you give that every penny to the building fund. I said, oh, psh, no piece, piece of cake. Nobody's going to buy all these cards. I gave God six months. Six months. The last week, it was doing really good. Friday before the victory offering on Sunday, I was in good shape. I knew I was home safe and I could keep my prized possessions. Baseball cards. I was a collector. While I was, it was horrible. Did I say that? It was horrible. It was distracting. That's all I'll say. It was distracting. And Friday, two days before the victory offering, I got get a phone call from a teacher at the high school in Cooperstown. Hi, I hear you have some cards for sale. I said, me no comprehend English? Who do you hear that from from me? <laughs> I, he said, "Well, where do you live? I like to come look at him." I said, "You sure? You don't want them. You don't want them. "Oh, let me look at him." "Oh, you don't want him." Well, he came that night, Friday night, walked into my pastor's office in the basement of our parsonage. One side, I had all my Bibles and all my books on missions and doing the work of God. On the other side, I had 38,000 baseball cards stacked perfectly, perfectly, and every perfectly on three shows. It was awesome. He walked into my office and said, I'll take them. I said, I haven't had you told you how much. He reached his pocket and put out a check. He said, tell me how much you want. And that was God's way of weaning me because they had become a what to me? They had become a God to me. Write this down, number two, on your study sheet. Giving understands God's grace. What do you mean, preacher? God's grace. Look at this. Verse 9, 2 Corinthians 8. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. What does everybody here at Grace Assembly understand today? We understand true gospel, spiritual motivation. What is it? Why look at Jesus becoming poor on my behalf? Because when we really see what we've been given by God, it just isn't hard to give back to God. Did everybody get that? Let me try it again. When we really see what we've been given by God, it just isn't hard to give back to God. In other words, this is what Paul was saying. If Jesus sacrificed to save me eternally, then I can sac- sacrifice something temporally. How many of you thank God for eternal life? How many of you thank God God was good to you when you didn't deserve it? How many of you thank God that He was merciful even when you sh- thought He maybe shouldn't be merciful? You're not here because you're good. You're not here because you're big. You're not here because you're smart. You know why we're here? It's not because we are good. It's because God is good. I I know somebody would say to me, I don't like you people. I'm tired of hearing that God is good, God is good. When people don't ever tell me that because that's when I'll call you at midnight and tell you God is good all the time. He's always good to you. He's always gracious to you. And Paul said the more that you're grateful for God's grace the more generous you become. Get this. Gratefulness produces generosity. About five months ago, I, how many of you can keep a secret? Anybody here can keep a secret? I know Pastor Mark can't, so I won't even look over there. Okay. I sat down one night, and I wrote down, because I came across Psalm 40, verse 3, where David said, God has given me a new song, a song of praise to God. So I, so I got a piece of paper, and I started writing down the songs I used to sing, having been raised in a heathen, pagan home, an unbelieving home, never taken to church once by my parents, and so I'm wanting to be like John Lennon of the Beatles when I grew up, my long, beautiful Paris Hilton, Jessica Simpson, Lindsay Lohan hairdo. It was gorgeous. It was really, really pretty, and now, of course, things have happened. <laughs> so I wrote down some things. Here's the songs I used to sing. Sitting on the dock of the bay. Imagine there's no heaven. I'm on the highway to hell. Hey, Jude, let it be. Hey, hey for the monkeys. I can't get no. Oh, Pastor Mark knew that one. (laughs) We all live in a yellow. How crazy is that? I lived in Baltimore, I didn't live in a submarine. (laughs) Dance with the devil. Stairway to heaven. I've been through the desert on a horse. Oh, you know that. Everybody here. Oh, future choir members. Yeah. Fix you, without you. How to disappear completely. Never had no one ever. The long and winding road. Bridge over troubled waters. No wonder I was depressed at 19. Final masquerade. Lonely day. Disenchanted. All by my... Oh, shit. Just be quiet. Stop. Cut it out. I know you listen to that oldies channel. You picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. Are you kidding me? Time to say goodbye. I know it's over. I'm done by corn. The end by the doors. Boulevard of broken dreams. Down in a hole by Alice in Chains. My last sunrise by demons and wizards. Empty garden by Elton John. In my darkest hour by Megadeth. The unforgiven by Metallica. Cats in the cradle. Are you kidding me? By Harry Chapin. All my troubles yesterday seem so. Yesterday all my troubles seem so. But, it, but it, because of the grace of God in 1974, I got a new song. I got a new song. I went from John Lennon to Jesus. I went from Billy Joel to Billy Graham. I went from Jimi Hendrix to Jimmy Swaggart. David Bowie to David Wilkerson. I went from R.E.M. to R.W. Schambach. Guns and Roses to God and Moses. I went from Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I went from Peter, Paul, and Mary to the New Testament, Peter, Paul, and Mary. I went from Prince to the Prince of Peace, Purple Rain to Holy Spirit reign. I went from Eric Clapton to clap your hands, all ye people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I went from the Three Dog Knight to the Three Wise Men. I went from the rolling stone to the stone's been rolled away. I went from I can't live if living is without you to because he lives I can face tomorrow. I went from Jerry Garcia O'Chill. I went from Jerry Garcia. I went from Jerry Garcia and the grateful dead to Pastor Doug DeMent and Grace Assembly of God because the grace of God, grace of God, grace of God. What's that mean? That means simply this. Because God has been so good to me, everything I have belongs to God. Everything. Write this down, number three. Giving is a matter of faith, not income. Faith. Say the word faith. Verse 15, 2 Corinthians 8. As it is written, he that gathered much had nothing over. He that gathered little had no lack. What's that mean? That's a reference to the miracle of manna in Exodus 16. No matter how much manna the Jews gathered every day, there was always enough to supply the need. Israel was taught three lessons by God. Gather what you need. Share what you can, but don't try to hoard it up or else it rots. Did you hear that? It takes faith to do that. Gather what you need. It's okay to plan ahead, but it's not okay to live ahead. Share what you can. Help our missionaries get the gospel out. But don't try to hoard it up, or else it what? Or else it rots. What's the lesson? God will see that you will never lack if you believe his word. Laura used to say, if we remember the Lord when he needs it, he will remember us when we need it. It takes faith to believe that God will honor his word. It takes faith to share what you have with those in need. It takes faith to make a faith commitment and support the missionaries to get the gospel out. It takes faith. If you want to be a failure in life, do these three things. You want to be a failure, do these three things. Number one, always look at the size of the task. Number two, always look at the little that you have. And number three, always leave the Lord out of, out of the picture. Leave him out of the picture. Three years ago, my son was 31. He was single. I remember, I remember one, one night, Robbie sits on the couch. He goes, Dad, I think I want to get married. I go, that's good, Robbie. It's time for you to run away. 31 years old. Yep, it's time for you to run away. Good. And then he looks at me, real serious look, and Robbie goes, but Dad, how much money will it take to be married? Now, most men, when I ask that question, whisper all of it. <laughs> but no man said a word to him. That's good. That's good. How much will it take? Robbie, you're worried about something... It all depends on who you marry, Robbie. There's a difference between Paris Hilton and Mother Teresa. It all depends on who you marry. It's who you marry, Robbie. You're, you're worried about just honor God. Keep giving. He, he, he's a mercy prayer. He loves to give and loves to bless and loves to give away things. And he's done that a few times with some cars. And it's, then he calls me up and says, Dad, I need a car. It's awesome. It's awesome. But he has to, he, he's, God, God's teaching him to trust the Lord. Today's a faith promise today. It's, it's something you're believing God for. Today. Write this down. Number four. Giving carries the fragrance of deep joy. Can you say the word joy? joy. Wow, that's pretty joyless. <laughs> Let's try that again. Deep what? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Let's try it one more time on three. One, two, three. Boy. Oh, wow. Are you kidding me? Awesome. Everyone gives as they decide in their heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. Verse seven. For God loves a what? A cheerful giver. What does it mean to give grudgingly or necessity? It means out of duty and and not not joy. Cheerful giving loves to give because it understands what, what God has done for us. Cheerful giving loves to give because it wants others to find out what it has found. Takers may eat better, but givers will sleep better. There's a bird in South America. It's called the Mimi bird. This is true. There's a bird in South America. It's called the Mimi bird. The only sound it makes is Mimi. It's whole life he says Mimi, or she, whoever, whatever a bird is. Mimi, Mimi. That's horrible. When you go to the beach and squeeze sand in your hand, the tighter you squeeze it, the smaller the handful of sand becomes. The closed hand is a sign of a stingy person, and open hand is the sign of a of a giving person. Everybody, take your two hands and squeeze them. Squeeze them tight. Don't squeeze your neighbor's blood out of their fingers. Squeeze your hand as tight as you can. Just squeeze it real tight, and then and then hold. Squeeze it real tight, and then uh and then just uh loosen it slowly. Which one feels better? Picture your soul in the same way. 1988 uh, this church kind of sent us out this, we were here uh, I'm sorry in 1981 this church sent us out we went to Cooperstown New York this church uh, gave, us, gave us soon after sent us a check for $10,000 to build a new church in Cooperstown our first Sunday we had six people I preached my greatest hellfire wonderful salvation message to six, six people that were senior citizens and they all had been saved for over 50 years I got in the car and said to Laura, well, how'd it go today, honey? Uh, September 1st, like 1980, 1981. She said, honey, that was an awesome message, awesome salvation message. Those six people, they've all been saved for 50 years or more. It was awesome. though. Just, you sure we're in the right place? You sure we should have left Grace Assembly? You sure? We had six people. Some folks from this church came and visited. Some folks encouraged us. Some, got, some sent a couple checks. It was, it, was, it was a journey. My wife said for five years, honey, if we just had 50 people, it would seem like a church. If we just had 50 people, it would seem like a church. She said that week after week for five years, if we just had 50 people, it would seem like a church. 50, and, and in the fifth year, we, attendance reached 50 for the first time. Five years. In the sixth year, we... Uh, Got into some contracts, and we were going to buy some land, and all three fell through. It was, the lowest point, it was the lowest point as a home missionary in Cooperstown, New York, planning a church next to the Hall of Fame. And one night at dinner at 10 Hill Street, my wife comes up with this brain-dead idea. I'd never heard this before. She said, Honey, why don't you put an ad in the newspaper and tell God what you want? Oh, yeah, that's really good. That'll really work. Yep. Dear God. Okay, let's see how this one works. She said, Honey, just try it. How many of you know your wives can be right? I didn't say her first name was always, but always right. Get it? But she can be right. Most of the times, the men will admit they are right. We put the ad in the newspaper. It ran three weeks. It cost $3.20 a week. Third week, a man, man called. Uh, he called the house, called the number. He said, are you Bill? I said, yes. He said, I'm Ed. Okay. He said, I've got 13 acres of land that's not for sale. That's wonderful. <laughs> and then he said, I don't know why I'm calling. I said, I'll tell you why you're calling because I'm supposed to take you to lunch today. I took him to Newberries for lunch. I still remember what I bought him. It was a grilled, che- grilled cheese special. Grilled cheese, t- chips, and a glass of iced tea for $1.99. I'm a big spender. <laughs> After one hour, he looked at me and he said, if your little group can come up with $20,000, I'll sell you 13 acres of land on the the state highway, prime land. I have no idea why. I use the land to feed my steers, but I will sell you 13 acres of land. You have 30 days. Here's what what happened. One of our teenagers sold her bicycle. One of our men sold his classic car. One guy sold a motorcycle, and that's just the way it went. I called my mother-in-law I said, I don't want you to visit. Just send a check. Oh, I love you great. I'm just being honest. Oh, God. And today, I feel Catholic. It's confession. Oh, my God! She sent a check. I said, I, I wrote every relic. Long story short, the day we had to have it, $20,000 came in the offering. The new church went up. This church had a big part of it. This church mission spirit helped us build that church. The first Sunday was was uh, was February first, nineteen eighty seven, and with three feet of snow outside the church, the worst time to have a first service. It was cold, three feet of snow. 187 people showed up. And 11 people stepped out of their seat and walked down to the aisle and gave their heart to the Lord. And when we left, the the entire church signed this baseball. And I've been back to bury some of them. And many of them are now in heaven. Why? Because somebody like you helped somebody like them take the gospel to a place where they had never heard the gospel before. What an honor. What a privilege, and I'm finished. Is that the last word? Is there one more? I knew that. No, I didn't. Giving reveals the heart, spirit of a heartfelt gratitude. Would you write the word down, gratitude? Would you say gratitude? Gratitude. Gratitude. Look at, look at Paul, verse 15. Thanks be unto God for his what? Unspeakable gift. It's gratitude for what? For Jesus. It's gratitude for God allowing me to participate in his great work. I do not honor God by being here today. God honors me by allowing me to participate with something eternal. You didn't do God a favor today when you showed up. God did you a favor by allowing you to be here and participate with eternal work. Job said, even our breath is a gift from God. We don't buy God's blessing with our money, we gain God's blessing through our obedience. What's the root cause or motivation of a missions giver? One word, gratitude, gratefulness, thankfulness. The degree of my gratitude, the degree of my generosity. What is Paul doing here? I close with this. He's bringing Jesus into the picture. He's reminding us of the costly grace of God he says, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. What's it all teach us? Here's what this teaches me. Loving never empties the heart, and giving never empties the purse. We shovel it out, God shovels it in, and his shovel's bigger than our shovel. Making money is how you make a living. Giving it away is how you make a life. In heaven we will be rewarded for what we gave, not for what we received. Billy Graham said, God has given us two hands, one to receive with and one to give with. And you're here, maybe you've never experienced the joy of a mission's faith promise. I'm going to ask all of you to take your card. Does everyone have one of these? Would you open your bulletin? Would you open your bulletin and just take the card and and place it? And our our ushers have cards, if you have cards, so where are they? Okay. Uh, If you don't have one of these, you're not making a, this is, I'll explain it to you, but everybody needs one of these. Would you just raise your hand if you need one of these? Okay, up to the front. Anybody else over here to the side? Over here, if you have a couple more guys that can help you, here in the back, back. Just, just hold your hand up just for a moment. This is, not a, this is just simply an opportunity. You have an incredible a pastor that uh, believes in missions. God's gonna bless this work. God's gonna bless your church in a mighty way as he has. He always does when missions is the forefront. And maybe you've never experienced the joy of a missions faith promise. People say to me often, they say, well, what's a good place to start? Now, whatever you've been doing, that's between you and God, and whatever God you feel God lays on your heart. But when people ask me that, here's what I say. Maybe, maybe you're new to the assembly. Maybe, maybe this is your first missions convention. When people say to me, what's a good place to start? Here's what I, here's what I like to think of. $3.29 dollars 29 would, would you say that with me out loud, $3.29? Okay, let's try that again. $3.29. Here's what I've discovered. If I, if I make, a say, a, a missions pledge that says monthly faith, so, so, suppose I put $100 a month on there, where well, that would be what? How much a year? $1,200 a year. Here's what I did early this morning. divided by 52 weeks is what? $23 a week. $23 a week divided by seven days a week is guess what? $3.29 a day. To missions above the tithe. And I thought to my, this number kept coming into my heart this morning. I don't normally do this. But this number kept coming of 100 people at Grace Assembly. Of 100, an army of 100 people. Believing God for $3.29. Now, I, I said to Pastor Mark, I, I think I said something like, well, that's, that's a coffee and a donut. And he said, well, yeah, unless you go to Starbucks. <laughs> so, so I'm sorry if you work or own a Starbucks. My hot chocolate there is $3.75. So I understand. $3.29 a day. So if 100 people give $3.29 a day to support your army of missionaries, this year... Grace Assembly will actually be able to give away to missions $120,000. How many of you think it's doable? Now, remember, it's a faith promise. The faith means I'm going to try to believe God. Maybe you say, well, I can only afford a dollar a day. Well, then your faith promise, you'll believe God for the other balance or the other couple dollars or whatever, dollar, $2 a day. But how many of you think we could all believe God for $3.29 a day? Now, I'm not asking you to do something that I'm not doing myself. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm going to participate in this as well. So I want you to take your card, and would you just take it, uh, Take it, and uh, would you take, take your card out, p- put your name on it. Put your, Pastor Doug's going to come in a moment to tell us how to collect them. No one's going to knock on your door. This is between you and the Lord. God. I'm going to believe this is between you and the Lord. God, I'm going to believe you. Some of you have it now. Some of you will have it in a month. Some of you will take a year. But over this next year, Lord, I'm willing to believe you for whatever amount you feel God wants to put on your heart. But I would love to believe God for at least 100 people to believe God for $3.29 a day. You can write that on there however you'd like or whatever amount you would like. Just put your name. We're going to add these up. Sign it. What's that for? That will Just let, let us know. Uh, who you are, and it will help your missions committee at the church when new missionaries God raises up. We will know how much we can plan to support new missionaries coming on. Every penny you give to missions—I didn't ask the pastor this, but I'm sure it's true. Every penny that you gives to missions goes to missions. Every penny, every single penny. So let's pray, could we? Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. If our musicians are here, if our keyboard is here, it would be great. Um, Let's just bow our hearts in a word of prayer. And let's, uh, and let's pray, and let's ask God. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says this, if you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. I've discovered that nothing drifts towards excellence, nothing. I have discovered we get saved by faith, we walk by faith, we live by faith, and we trust God. Regardless of the the economy, Fox, CNN, CBS, NBC, ABC, you hear alarming news. Many people are fearful, but Jesus teaches us clearly, the Lord is our shepherd who will never lack for anything. And now's the time for the greatest world harvest that our missionaries have ever seen. So let's pray, Lord, open our hearts. Would you just pray that in your own to in, to yourself? Just pray that to the Lord yourself. Lord, open my heart. Lord, open my heart. The scripture says in Acts 16: Lydia, a woman whose heart the Lord had opened. Only the Lord can open our heart. And Lord, direct me. Help me, Lord. Give me a spirit of faith today to believe you. To do something maybe I've never done before. Help me, Lord, to connect. To join hands together with the family at Grace Assembly. To help support an army of missionaries. To take the gospel around the world. We trust you for this. We believe you for it. Give you the praise in in advance. We dare not touch the credit. We trust you. We trust you in Jesus' name. You can take your card, put your name there, signature, and then it just as a reminder for yourself, you can take this off on the right side. What you believe in God for per week or per month? Tuck this in your Bible, pray over it in your devotions daily, and, you'll, and watch God. Watch what God does because God loves lost people more than we do. And a hundred years from now, only one thing will matter. Who is in heaven and who is not. Who is in heaven and who is not. And maybe you're here and you're not even positive that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You could pray today right here. Today could be your day. Your day. A converted alcoholic uncle in Tampa, Florida gave me a track. He was reached by a missionary in Florida. A missionary. Led my uncle to the Lord. 10 years later, my uncle invites me to join his house. He gives me a track. 10 days later, flying home on an airplane, I read the track, pray a sinner's prayer, walk off the airplane. A born again Christian, 43 years ago, never looked back once, not once. All because somebody sent a missionary.